Welcome to the sermon podcast of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Ferguson, Missouri. In this sermon podcast, lead pastor Patrick Chandler proclaims the Easter story and the empty tomb. Listen as Pastor Chandler proclaims the good news of Christ's resurrection, that God makes all things new. Our text for today is Luke 24, verses 1-12. through 12. To learn more about St. Peter's, you may find us on the web at www.stpeterschurch.org or on Facebook by searching St. Peter's UCC Ferguson. Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, Suddenly, two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb... They told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home amazed at what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Sit down. Get it out of your system. (laughs) Sitting there mentally wondering how many hallelujahs I have in my sermon and knowing that I am going to hate to have to fire Josh right after Easter worship. (laughs) We had a good run. We had a good run, as he, he said. Yep. The helicopter idea was better in hindsight. He was going to have those whirly bird things and have y'all all throwing them up in the air. Right now, that sounds like a better idea. Let's pray. Oh, Holy One, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for laughter. We thank you for noise. We thank you for being able to come together as a community of faith to worship and to celebrate. Hear us now, O God, in that noise and in the stillness of our hearts and our spirits. Receive our worship. Receive our meditations. And may the words of my lips, the meditations and thoughts of those who are gathered here this day be pleasing be acceptable and be faithful unto you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So this is the day that makes preachers both excited and anxious. On one hand, because it's Easter, it's the day that people come to hear the familiar story of an empty tomb. The day when everyone is smiling, when everybody's excited, when everybody's laughing. The day when... According to many, 
would be for preachers the easiest day to preach as long as you don't try to do too much. It can also be the hardest day to preach because expectations are high. You have come this morning to worship on a special day. People come to hear a bit of good news, news in a world that does not seem to have enough good news, especially at this time. Some are coming all across the world, all across the country. Some come on this day to hear just enough good news to sustain them for quite a while. And for most of us, the story that Keith read is a familiar one. So there is a tendency for those of us who stand and preach to try and find something new or something innovative within the familiar. Something to say uh, new and innovative about the very core, this core event of our Christian faith. And that responsibility placed upon the shoulders of the Easter preacher can be quite daunting. Yet, among the best advice I have ever received for Easter preaching... The first, the best, was keep it short, Courtney. (laughs) The second best has been this. Preach what you know and preach what you believe. Preach what you, meaning me, preach what I believe. Make Easter personal because Easter is personal. And Easter has the potential to be personal to every single one of you who hears the good news of the empty tomb this day. So here's what I know, y'all, and this isn't going to take long. What I know is this. We have four descriptions of what happened that day, none of which are eyewitness accounts. Meaning none of those were written down by those people who were there. At best, the very first account of the resurrection story was written some 30 years after the event. The newest gospel, if you will, the gospel of John, the resurrection story was written perhaps even 50, 60 years after the first Easter. It was early in the morning, we are told. It was dark. A woman or, according to Luke, a group of women, depending on the gospel we use for the day, they arrive at the tomb only to find Jesus wasn't there. And hearing the good news of God's resurrection of Jesus, the women then rush to the other disciples to share and proclaim the good news they have heard, they have received. And upon this, all the gospel accounts agree. The tomb was found empty. It was early in the morning. The women were the first to hear and to preach the Easter story. There, that's it. That is all I know. I told you it wasn't going to take long. And if you're sitting there thinking that that's not a lot, that apparently I do not know much, then guess what? That does not put you in very exclusive company. Because when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus, the number of things that I don't know far exceeds the number of things I do know. And because of that, I'm often asked a question, well, what really happened? And my response naturally is, I don't know. Well, how did Jesus do it? How did God do it? I don't know. Well, when did it happen? 
Did it happen sometime Friday after they placed him in the tomb? Did it happen sometime Saturday? I know that was the Sabbath. Maybe God took the Sabbath off, didn't do any resurrecting on that day. Did it happen really early on Sunday before the women came? Did the angels just sit there all weekend for someone to come by looking for him? And I respond, I don't know. And then people will look at me and say, man, you sure don't know much. And I'll say, well, that much I do know. Why don't you know? Why don't you know with all of your training, what you do as a vocation, why do you not know what happened on that Easter Sunday? And I say to them, because I don't have to know. Knowing is not the point of Easter. Now, that's a response that gets a lot of strange looks from people. What do you mean knowing is not the point? We, we human beings, we like to know things. We want to have data. We want to have facts. We want to have evidence. We are post-enlightenment people. We like empirical proof. This is Missouri. It's the show-me state. We like to have facts and information shown to us so that we can prove what is true, what is right. Of course, with so many people saying fake news nowadays... I'm really not so sure any amount of empirical proof or data or even video evidence would be enough for some people. So thank God knowing is not the point of Easter. Knowing is not the point of the resurrection and the empty tomb. Believing is the point. Belief is the point. It is a matter of belief. It is a matter of of faith. Luke tells us that when the women were done with their Easter sermon, the apostles, the eleven, and all of the others who had gathered, Luke tells us that they did not believe. They thought the story of the women to be an idle tale. And it wasn't until Peter ran into the tomb and saw for himself the linens that were folded up, it wasn't until then That Peter believed, and then he went home filled with that belief. Now, is that a reflection upon the preacher, or is it a reflection upon the listener? Were the women just not convincing enough in their story that day? I don't think that was the issue here. Hopefully, hopefully we have learned by now that we should trust the stories of women. The issue is one of disbelief on the part of the disciples and the others. Let's face it. After everything they had been through the last two days, all of the legitimate concerns about their safety as co-conspirators of Jesus seeking to overthrow Caesar with this new kingdom of God, they were most likely in no emotional or intellectual frame of mind to receive the good news of Easter. The women, the women came to the tomb that day expecting to find a body wrapped in cloth. They came expecting to find a body in need of anointing, as was Jewish custom at the time of death. They weren't ready. They weren't prepared to hear the news they were about to hear. They were grieving, as any of us would at that point. Why do you look for the living among the dead, they were asked. He is not here because he is risen. 
Now, the women didn't ask how it happened and they didn't ask when it happened. And they did not ask the two men in dazzling clothes how long they had been sitting there waiting for somebody to come by. They didn't need to know. They simply believed and that was enough. The women believed and then they shared. They believed and then they shared. They believed the story and then they shared it. At no point... At no point did the women need to know what happened in order to share the news of the empty tomb. At early dawn they came, presumably when it was darkest, and that darkness gave way to the light of a new day. The darkness first gave way to fear, the fear that had overcome the women. And then that fear had been transformed into belief, and that belief was then transformed into action. It does not matter so much what you know. It matters more what you believe and how that belief is lived out in action and response. So here's what I believe. I believe on the first day of the week, less than 48 hours after Jesus breathed his last God resurrected Christ to new life. And I believe that if God can, and I believe that if God will do that, then God can and God will do anything, anything, anything God needs to do to prove just how much God loves. I believe that if God resurrected Christ to new life, then God can and God will make all things, all things new. I believe resurrection faith, Births transformative faith and transformative action. Transformative faith and transformative work give people new opportunities to live and to love in ways never before imagined. That's what Easter brings to us. Ways to love and to live never before imagined. I believe resurrection belief and resurrection faith and transformative faith and transformative action can take and will take that which is so broken in this world. The broken cycles of poverty, the broken cycles of hatred and bigotry, the broken cycles of destruction to God's creation, the broken cycles and systems of racism, the broken cycles and system of unfaithful expectations and prejudice, the brokenness of divisiveness, the broken systems of oppressive abuses of power, the brokenness of our grief, the brokenness of our hurt, the brokenness of Sri Lanka. Or as of right before worship, Now over 200 lost their lives this morning as bombs exploded while people were gathered for worship, for Easter worship. While people were gathering to give witness, to hear the good news, and to give witness to the empty tomb. God can still take that brokenness and transform it. Resurrection belief and resurrection faith takes what was broken, even violent death, whether state-sponsored death, as in the case of Jesus, or in terrorist-sponsored death, as could possibly be in the case of Sri Lanka. Resurrection belief and faith takes it all and transforms it into something new. And I believe that to be true because I know it to be true. 
And I know it to be true because I believe it to be true. I don't need to know what happened that day to know the impact it has still today in the lives of God's people. I don't need to know what happened this day, that day to believe that uh, so, so, so much more is still possible through God, through an Easter faith and a resurrection response. But it's only possible if you tell others. It's only possible if you share this news that you know and that you have heard time and time and time again. I mean, you can go home today. You can go home to your family. You can go to lunch. You can go home and take a nap. And you can say to yourself or you can say to your family, yeah, I know Easter happened. I know that happened some 2,000 years ago, way back when. I know that happened. And that can be that. You can say, okay, I know it now. What's next? Because once we think we know something, there is nothing else that follows that. We know something. That's it. That's all there is to know. And we move on to something else. Except all that's left is our own satisfaction and sense of pride in knowing something. But if you believe something, if you believe something, if you believe you are more likely to do something about that belief. Why? Because there's still a little bit of mystery. There's still a little bit of mystery left in belief. There's still a little bit of mystery of what God can do and what God will do. Knowing something removes all of that mystery. Believing something leaves room for just enough of the mystery of God that it makes you want to test that belief. Can I do this? This is what I believe. Can I do this? Will this work? You can. It will. Try it. I dare you. I double-dog dare you. I double-dog dare you to take that belief and try it out, take it out for a spin somehow, sometime, some way into the world. Take your belief of the empty tomb of the resurrection of Jesus Christ into the world. Try it sometime and see what can happen. See what will happen. See what new things God can and will do through each of you. Because you have come to believe in what took place that first Easter day. And then you, like Peter, like St. Peter, you just might be amazed at what will happen next. Amen.